We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Game Pass. Hey, it's Will. And this is Thomas. And this week worked out great because we're covering a Batman 400 issue today, and it is Batman Day. Yeah, that was, it's kind of worked out weird. Yeah, it's like, do this, okay? <laughs> I just realized it today, which kind of depressed me because, you know, it's just another Batman Day that I don't go out to a store and, and get like a whole bunch of free Batman stuff, but. Yeah, I I saw it this morning and I was like, dang it. But I had already made plans to like really be lazy here at the house. Hey, you know, you need that. I know. That's what the wife tells me. I played Zelda earlier this morning and then for the rest of the day I've been lazy. I did read our, our I did read our Batman four hundred again. I've read it a couple times in the past. Yeah, I read I read it when it came out and I probably have it in there somewhere, but since nothing is organized. Yeah, I know I've got two copies. I've got the one I bought when it first came out. And then years later, I wanted a, a really, really nice one just to have. And I mm-hmm. bought another one. Yeah. So, I mean, I know I've got a couple copies of it. Um, but it's been, dude, it's probably been 20 years since I've read it. Um, some of it's really stuck in my brain. Though. I remembered a lot of it mm-hmm. uh, from, from reading it. We'll get to that later, though. Right now, we're show and tell phase. Show and tell. It's the pre-show. Well, big shout out to Tommy Hull over at uh, World of War Comics, who just launched his Kickstarter for issue two, and I was actually backer number one. 
Uh, he did a thing with a bunch of toy collectors because he's a huge worshiper of the of the Todd father. Uh, and he spends way more money than his wife knows on toys. Sorry, Tommy. He already got busted because uh, he, had, he had had to have an, uh, a pretty serious operation uh, about a month or so ago. And uh, his office, he works from home, goes into work like at the office like two days a week and then does three days a week, works from home. Yeah. Uh, and his office is at the front of the house. So when packages get delivered, he sees them on his on his ring monitor in his office and he goes out there and, and scuffles him into his office quick before his wife can see what's going on. And, uh, well, one day he, he was taking a nap and, uh, he heard, what the hell is this? <laughs> uh Oh, Hey, Alan, happy Batman day. Um, but he, he did that show when he, he had like, six or seven figures to give away uh so i was waiting to tune in at nine i forgot he's on he's on the ugly west coast and uh nine nine a.m means 12 noon to the rest of us so <laughs> exactly but uh so you got your dead man i got a dead man which is awesome because this is gonna look really good next to my kingdom come dead man so. Yeah, it's a really nice figure. Um, oh, yeah. I pop, of course, I popped mine out of the box. I just wish the only thing that really irks me with that figure, and I've got to buy one, you know, it doesn't come with a stand. Yeah. Like a flying stand. Yeah, and it should. I mean, and it should because, I mean, he, he doesn't he doesn't stand. Dead man doesn't stand. He flies. Yeah. You know, or floats. He really doesn't he, even fly. He, you know, he's, he's like Ali used to be. He floats around. Yeah. <laughs> He doesn't sting. He just takes over your body and makes you do stupid stuff. Oh, and then I got a I got a ginormous box of comics from Thomas. Uh, Hopefully you like them. Yes. Uh, he got me my Fire and Ice issue one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot that. Uh, and a few days ago, Kickstarter so graciously yanked $75 out of my account. Uh, to buy the Fire and Ice game, which means one year Thomas will have to come up north again and uh, sit down and play Fire and Ice. And I got this cool uh, free comic book day book. The Frazettaverse. The Frazettaverse, yeah. I wonder if they're going to try and do like a whole a whole kit and caboodle thing with that, but I'm not sure. Uh, neither am I. This, this, however, these next four are uh, going back on my stack to uh, to read probably this week. Oh yeah, I sent you those, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, those are all doubles I had. Yeah, and these are just oh, what a story! Yeah, dude, Born Again's amazing. The Maz is amazing. Oh yeah. And uh, I got a cool Adventure Comics 447. Yeah, that was a double. With with Aquaman, and there's a cool backup in the back with the Creeper. So that's going with the Daredevil, so i got to read that. Uh, and he sent me a, a cool, very sexy uh, Black Widow. Yes. Now, that's actually, there's... There's a couple extra parts of that story. We need to do it one day. 
That's a George Perez Blackwood story. It's pretty yeah. awesome. And one yeah, more. I didn't know. I saw Did that. Call to you. Yeah, I think I've got one, but now I've got one that I can leave out and read. And this cover of FF is just insane from 2001. Yeah. That's great. Because I would have liked to kill Galactus today while I was playing uh, the card game on my uh, snap, the model snap game on my phone. Some X Factor. A Challenges of the Unknown. Those are fun. I had Swamp Thing in it. Uh, a book about me. <laughs> Looks more like Rob Zombie. Some uh, some cool older issues of Doctor Strange. Excuse me, y'all. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I keeping you awake? Yeah. Probably. It's my my age. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You're 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 on the downhill sway. <laughs> That's a cool looking cover, though. Yeah, um, I think those were Marshall Rogers issues, which we'll 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 bitch about that in a minute. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, I love that one. And this is cool because I did not have this one. Which one? This Micronauts issue with, with Man Thing. Oh, yeah. I picked it up because it had Man Thing. And yeah, I know you like the Micronauts. Yeah. Because uh, every time I've picked up Micronauts here and there on like auctions. Yeah. Like when they're, when they're cheap. Um, this one always goes up to like, you know, 12, 15 bucks. If it's like, you know, a, a 9.0, a greater copy. And, and most of it is just people speculating because, you know, Man Thing showed up on the on the werewolf show on, on D plus. Yeah. And great. You said you wanted one of those. Yeah. Great shot of angel. I actually got him in the, uh, in the strike force Marvel mobile game. And he's my favorite character to use. Cause he, since he was named death, the angel of death, uh, that's what he does in the game. He kills people dead. Oh, Lord. Uh, he's got, like, three basic moves. Uh, his most powerful one is, and they've got, like, all the flying motions and everything in. So he'll fly around somebody, come around the other side, and then just basically impale them on one of the wings, tossing their cadaver up in the air, and then spins in a circle, hits them with the other wing, and knocks them off the screen dead. Did uh, you... Did I send you the thing for uh, the article uh, by Louise Simonson where she talks about making Archangel and why she did it? I don't think so. Yeah, because, you know, she, of course, she made the character, cre created char the, you know, Archangel in her X-Men, X-Factor run. Mm -hmm. And I read it and uh, she basically just comes out and says that they hated Angel oh, as yeah. a character. He was, uh -huh. they were, yeah, I remember, I remember hearing stuff about how they hated him because he was, he was useless. He just flies around. Yeah, he, he flies around and, you know, he's, 
you know, he flies around, he's, you know, a pretty rich boy, you know, ladies, man, really has no problems. They're like, he just has nothing to pull against him. Nothing that makes him an exciting character. So they take it all away from him and make him a freaking monster. And then they're yeah. like, we like him. <laughs> like, oh my God. But I mean, that's. Oh, I remember my jaw dropping when I, when I saw that image of his feathered wings ripped off. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, I bought the whole second half of the Defenders run because Angel was in it, and he's always been my favorite X-Men. Yeah, I remember you saying that. That's because everybody needs everybody needs somebody that can scout the enemy camp. Yeah, and he's basically got eagle eyes and flies. What's wrong with that? Uh and of course, the hardcover killing joke that Thomas picked up for me that has a bunch of stuff never before seen. Yes. And yeah. I've got to read it still. We're going to we're going to go through this and and read it and there's like a backup story in here. And there's like a A Brian Boland uh, afterward article that he wrote, and then there's like a whole backup story <coughs> that looks really cool. I have not read that in years, and I think I like it more because in the backup story, he's driving the 1940s Batmobile. <laughs> Dang it! It's it's actually in there. Um. And then, because I've been trying to get my hands on on some of these, a big fat stack of Neil Adams continuity comics books, um, even though he's been gone for a while now, his daughter still runs his Instagram sales page. Yeah. And she's been, I guess, slowly but surely selling all her dad's stuff, like oh once a week. God. Once a week, she goes live and like, like all the tens of thousands of like signed books and original art uh, from pencils to pencils and inks to colors, whatever, uh, you know. And I guess he, he used to, in his younger days, used to sit and sign like thousands of prints a day, you know, just so they were all prepped up to go to like you know any given show, so they could box them up and and have them ready and they were labeled out for shows, but. I got to put these in order and then I got to put them into uh, my CLZ app. So I know which ones I'm missing. Hybrids, which is, which is funny because there's been a bunch of books called hybrids. Uh, this one's uh, guest starring Valeria, the she bat in the Weirbreds. Um, matter of fact, my friend Luke stone, who's an indie creator, uh, he has a book called The Hybrids, and it was inspired by Chris Claremont's, like, X-Men, but it's all original characters and everything. Then uh, we have the, uh, they had, like, two big, like, crossover events in the universe. So one was uh, Death Watch was the first one. So I'd never even heard of some of that stuff. 
I heard a lot of people online complaining about this stuff because, you know, he might have done like the covers or whatever, but had, you know, Hobby did any of the interiors of anything. He did them on some now. I've got yeah. a few of ones he did the interiors on, I found. Yeah, he did them on some, but then he, then he started like, you know, bringing people in to do them. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you mean like people like Greg Capullo, who did the majority of uh, Todd McFarlane's spawn runs? <laughs> On a rare occasion now, Todd might uh, actually do a cover here and there. But now, see, the thing with that, too, is like, you know, Todd's actually so busy running the company, I'm amazing he has time to do anything. Oh, yeah. And he just brought back, like, the uh, football starting lineup. He just solicited for, like, the first for the first four figures of uh, the NFL figures again. Dang. Um, and this crazy man, there's an ad for crazy man on the back of the book I just showed. And crazy man is basically the creeper of continuity comics. Yeah. Uh, which is probably why I love that character. And... Uh, have some Captain Power. Excuse me. I saw that. <laughs> and I was like, uh, this is one of the most pop popular characters because, you know, women are usually more popular than guys. Uh, Miss Mystic. Yes. And some Megalith. These all had like cool covers and it was like a weird coloring process they did because it was like you know, very intensive coloring. How many issues was it? Do you remember? Did you count them out? No, I'll count them out in a second. That won't take me too long. And I know we were talking about it afterwards. I didn't realize that that company had run for like, what, 12 years? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it wasn't just a fly by night. No, but a lot of books were like, you know, intermittent. You know, they come out here and there because he had like so many other jobs to do between, you know, Marvel and DC plus his own. Oh, yeah. And then he had, uh, he was doing the Tarzan covers and all, you know, he did some Conan covers. Mm -hmm. For the for the trades, the not the trades, but the uh, paperback books themselves. Yeah, the novels. Uh, for Daw, I think it was because I've got all the tar, uh, most of the Tarzan ones. They had the black uh, the black ring around them. And some of these are like really thick books too. It's yeah, it's weird art. And then it's got an ad on the back for uh, Rise of Magic, which was like the second big crossover they did. Huh. And another issue of Crazy Man. So. Eight.
30. That's a chunk. Yeah. So that's like, oh, there they are. I'm like, where'd I put my eyes? So, yeah, that's, that's like pretty close to like 60 or 70% of like the whole run right there. Well, I didn't get hardly anything this week. I did get, I snagged it real cheap online. We did the, uh, we actually did this issue like two weeks ago and I did not have a real one because I had the uh, stupid uh, True Believers reprint that I read, mm -hmm. but I managed to snag a Miss Marvel number 20 first oh, nice. Um because I wanted one. And then I can't remember, I don't think it was last week. I think I got it last week. I, I went to a local con. Did I tell you that? Mm -mm. Okay. Well, it wasn't even a con. It went, I went to a local comic book shop last Saturday, and it was uh, by their anniversary. So they had a, a little convention set up. And it was a good comic book shop. I've been once before, and this is the second time I went. But um, so they had a local, uh, they had like a little local convention up. They had a bunch of, you know, I guess local to that area, South, South Georgia artists in there and some other stuff. And um, they had a big drawing. Um, they were giving away prizes. The news was there for Albany, Georgia. Um, and I uh, went in there and I got a chance to meet and talk with Jason Flowers, who is doing the. Oh, yeah. He's doing the covers for the, the last Ronin Lost Rights. He said he's doing all the next five issues. He's doing all the covers. So I got one and he signed it for me. There, right there. Oh, that's nice. Um, cool guy so then i i bought a whole bunch of stuff and i bought a blind bag and i got out to the car and he said look up i got some their gift certificates and some other stuff in it so just check you know let us know what you get um and i told the wife i said well it's it's about an hour to get there so i said well i may not be back for a while so let's see what i got if it's a gift certificate we'll go back in and buy some more stuff so i opened it up and i got a little blue piece of paper to win in there and he's like oh you won this the you won like the grand prize or whatever the door prize they had it up front and uh it was a uh, full blank jason flowers cover for teenage mutant ninja turtles it's original art nice so he drew it and that's it i was like oh crap i've only been here like twice and i go and i bought a ton of comics from him and then i ended up getting like i said that's what they had up front for the wind shop so um i'm gonna stick that over there and save it for a while but i was kind of like dang that's pretty cool yeah um so i mean definitely go back the prices are so good there um and the conditions of the books are crazy i'll i'll take some pictures and, and send them to you later on but i mean he, he prices the books i don't want to say the prices he has on books would be three times higher in a larger city. Yeah. It's almost like he's buying them for a good price and then he's selling them for a good price. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, it's, you know, it's, I've been there twice and I've enjoyed it both times. He's not buying them to try to, you know, get rich and gouge, gouge fans in a small town, but he's, uh, you know, we'll making a couple. Making a couple bucks on them probably. Well, that's the whole thing. You make you you make you live and you make you buck, you know, and if if you if your prices are reasonable enough, people are gonna come back and they're gonna buy more. 
and yep. you buy theory, you know, buy theory, then you'll make more money. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but yeah. Had to have some tea. But yeah, so I did sadly just finish reading this right before we started. Yeah, I was still reading it as because I was like, I was trying to do it, and my girlfriend went in like early to work today. And uh, she got here like around. No, no, she had the day off actually, but I, I, I ate breakfast and, and conked right back out. She slept until ten, and then woke me up and had a whole thing going on with nursing taking care of my leg, where they oh. just, I'm gonna come for two. Okay, twenty minutes later. They just gave me another patient in this other town that I have to drive to, and they need to be seen immediately, and blah, blah, blah. So then I got pushed back to four. And then 10 minutes of five, I'm like, uh, hello, but are you still coming to take care of my leg today? <laughs> I just pulled in. Okay. So that was like, that was at five, and her and I were watching like this new series on Netflix. Anything good? Um, yeah, it's uh, what's it called? Who is Mrs. Carter or uh, not? Not Gabe's wife. Um, whatever the first name is, I think it's Aaron or something like that. Who is Aaron Carter? Okay, I'll have to look it up then. There's a. Uh, it was. It's been pretty good. All right. Like, so let's. Speaking of good. Batman four hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. The, the thing is, is today being Batman Day, we're reading Batman 400. Did you notice that it's Batman's anniversary in the book? Yes. Yes. It's, so this is this story takes place on supposedly the first day that Batman dresses up as Batman and goes out and fights crime. Um, I know last time this is uh, 400 from 86. And, you know, it's got the introduction by Stephen King. It was written by Monch. Uh, however you want to say it. And uh, it's illustrated by Adams, Austin, Boland, Byrne, Cullens, Grell, Kaluta, Kessel, Kubert, Lehoya, Leonardi, Light, uh, Malster, Patson, Prez, Rude, Sinkowitz, Stacy, uh, Sutton, Villagram, and Wrightston. Okay, so it's got a huge list of creators in there. Yeah. And 10 of those creators do pinups in the back, mm -hmm. um, uh, which we'll go over the pinups. But the thing that got me is this is 86, okay? And when you look at who was doing Batman in 86, why the hell isn't Aparo here? You know, so the Aparo's not here. Rogers is not here. Um That's really the big ones that I was like, they're missing. Mm -hmm. They kind of just stuck out. Um, kind of like, blah. I mean, they don't have even, and I don't want to be ugly, even uh, uh, Frank Miller. This is 86. He wrote the greatest Batman story of all time in 86. Yeah. And Miller's nowhere. Maybe uh, he was still working on Dark Knight issues when this came out. Could have been. Uh, 
Now I know you said you did not read this. No, I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a big uh, fan of Stephen King. So. Really. Not as a writer, just as a person. I just don't like him. Oh Lord. Well, um, he says, you know, this is the why he chose Batman. He basically says he chooses Batman because Batman had, you know, he had to struggle. You know, it's not like Superman where Superman's all super powerful alien everything. Batman has, you know, he can get the hell beat out of him. So standard why Batman's better than Superman story. But all right, Resurrection Night. Um, the first story. Who is who illustrated the first story? Oh, John Byrne. Yeah, yeah. it's the first chapter. It's one continuous story. It's just yeah. like every couple of pages they change creative teams. They change creative teams. Um, Byrne did the first page, but that's it. Hmm. He does one page, so it's almost like a pinup. Uh, and this is actually foreshadowing people. You see all the cool, all the villains in the background, and there's Batman, Catwoman, Robin, and Talia all in front of a windmill. But the story actually opens here, uh, and this is illustrated by Steve Little and Patterson, Trading Darkness. And it opens it opens at Arkham Asylum and the, uh, the prison. Uh, Northgate, uh, was it Upstate Penitentiary? Uh, I thought it was Northgate Penitentiary, but that's the prison. Uh, inside, you know, we've got, I see all of Batman's villains, Joker, Two-Face, Riddler, Killer Croc, all of them. What mm-hmm. happened to uh, Black Mask's face? Do you remember? I think it got damaged underneath the mask. Okay. That's all I remember. That's all you remember? Because I don't have, I don't actually have like his origin or anything. I've read it. I've got it in, uh, when, when DC was doing the dollar reprints a while back, I bought mm-hmm. one and I read it and I remember it was really good, but I don't think it says in his or in that origin issue that, you know, anything about his face. And then they say it here. Um, he says his face is permanently marked by scars beneath, uh, beneath the black mask. Um, so I was just curious, but yeah, so all of his villains are there and, uh, then we start noticing, and by the time we get to the second page, Riddler's, uh, uh, the Riddler's actually got a question here. He says, it's, when is this going to happen? So eventually we discover as we read along that the villains are all waiting to be busted out of either the prison or the asylum. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just, they're literally waiting. I mean, freaking penguins. I can't wait. Just can't wait. And finally the, the explosions go off and, uh, everyone gets let out of the prison while Batman is kind of sulking. He's back in the back cave and somebody has left him a damn message. Know your foes. Mm-hmm. And of course this is Robin. This is the second Robin people. This is Jason Todd. Um, you know, and he's asking him, you know, hey, who left the message? He says, I don't know. It's a warning, but, you know, I don't know who it's from or which which villains it's talking about or villain. And then we discover literally just a couple pages in, it's all the villains. They haul ass. I guess the penitentiary and the asylum must be fairly close to each other. Mm-hmm. 
because they actually meet up at a single cave and there in the cave are all of their costumes. And of course the Joker's leading the bunch and he's like, hey, just as the guy promised. Um, so they're, they're going to take out and follow and see where it leads. So My only issue with <coughs> this whole thing is um, which is very uncharacteristic, even, you know, even of Doug Mensch's writing. Yeah. Uh, Batman and Jason Todd Robin. Um, he's Jason's like, screw this. I'm going upstairs to get some sandwiches from Alfie. And yeah. he's brooding in the cave because he's trying to figure out who who got this note to him. Yes. Which, which we find out later. But then the explosion goes off, and you see everybody gathering in the woods, putting their costumes back on. And and there's no bat phone ringing from Gordon's headquarters. No, you, the, you, the phone doesn't ring until later in the issue. I know, which is weird because some kind of red alert or and a, definitely alarms have to be going. Like six alarm things have to be going because they just blew up Blackgate and. Arkham Asylum. Yeah. I mean, they blew up both the damn prisons. Literally, you've got mass murderers running everywhere now. And he's, you know, he's damn brooding. You've got every caped freak loose in the city. Every guy he's fought since, you know, 1938. They're here and they're loose. Except for the and, first three issues when he killed them. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh. This, this clown guy is very popular. Let's bring him back. <laughs> Gary Robinson said he's mad because he didn't get to draw him yet. Okay, bring him back. Um, <laughs> and some of the greatest Joker covers ever. Um, yeah. But that bothered me that, you know, they didn't get an alarm. And, uh, you know, they didn't feel a shock in the subterranean cave beneath Brain Manor. Nothing. I mean, yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Because I, th you know, I think, I mean, I know Wayne Manor's outside of the city and Arkham Asylum and all that's outside of the city. I can't remember how close they are. And I know it moves based on writers, mm -hmm. but how close they are together, you know? <laughs> yeah, nothing. That's so. like, it reminds, that, that whole thing to me is just stupid that nothing happened here and he just he finds out in like the, the next page or so when somebody just strolls into his cave <laughs> well now see that's the whole thing we'll get to that in a minute but yeah so that's the only thing i could think of now here now that we're talking about it perhaps you know the alarms were actually severed so that's why he doesn't know that was all part of the plan but i don't know the alarms uh, might have been severed, and even even if the phone lines went down, uh, soon afterwards, somebody with a cell phone would have. Well, they didn't have cell phones back in '86, so never mind. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> it had to be like a special, like secure line to like the warden's office at like either you know Blackgate or Arkham, like a special secured line that wouldn't go down with the rest of the other lines in, in case something like this were to happen. You would think. And 
Uh, that's about as stupid as this story that I heard yesterday about this guy that had to go in for an, uh, what's the, what's the machine that they lay you down? They, they slide you in to scan you with the dye oh, in your body. Yeah. MRI. MRI. So this guy went in for an MRI and he said he had no metal on him. Oh Jesus. But inserted in himself was a silicon butt plug. <laughs> Wait, it gets better. Oh, it's just silicon. Okay. Because they can see it. It had a metal core. And when they started spinning the wheel of the MRI, it pulled it up through his sternum. Oh, my God. But Did luckily, they got a good picture. They got a good picture of it because he was in the MRI machine. I don't know whether he lived or died, but uh, apparently he was immediately rushed to the to the to the uh, OR. So, oh my God, craziness! All right, now now so back to our regularly scheduled program. back to back off the damn <laughs> tangent wheel and back to the story of uh, the master below. So here's uh, I love all the villains are actually discussing to do this. And the Joker seems like he's the only one who really wants to find out who the he what the hell's going on. Everyone else is like, no, dude, I've been busted out. I got my uniform, you know, or half of them. Hell, I'm, you know, I don't want to get locked up again. I've got other crap to do. You know, I want to go see my family. I want to go, you know, rob a bank. I've got whatever. They haul ass. The Joker's like, no, I want to go see what's going on. Yeah, come on, you two. Where's your sense of the absurd, the adventure? You know, the next step holds all the fun. Our masked escape, finding out who engineered it, you know, and they're gone. Now, dude, oh, I care nothing. Check out this dude. I care nothing about, uh, I care about nothing but Nocturna and finding her somewhere in the night and slaying her. Dude, Nocturna this, and Batman this, had a thing in the day. In the day. This whole thing. <laughs> Gave a tip of the hat to the whole Nocturna thing that DC just basically went fuck this and wiped it out of existence. Yeah. None of this stuff happened. Whose idea was this? This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. It was like, you know, bed knob and broomsticks on crack that they bought from Hunter Biden. Uh, <laughs> it was insane. I mean, but I read it all and enjoyed it, but then they, then they went back and that's when they brought out... Uh, the new adventures of Batman comic. Yeah. For where he finds him once again, trying to steal the hubcaps off his Batmobile. Yes. And then they went forward from there. So, but I was like, Oh my God, you know, I liked the Nocturna issues. So, yeah. um, half of the guys, you know, kite man, some of the other dudes are like, you know, calendar dude, I'm gone. You know, <laughs> killer croc knocks the Joker down. That's kind of cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's find out. You know, you talk too much. And this kind of got me to the whole, I just want to break Batman's back. That's all he talks about. The whole damn issue is breaking Batman's back. Yeah. He, he must want to die so bad now that somebody, that some no-name came in named Bane and did it before he could. Yeah. He is just plain up, Croc is plain up 100% savage in this whole book. Yeah, he's pretty rough. Um, I do not remember... 
and it's been a long, I have not read the original Jason Todd stories in a while. I remember he always had an attitude and was kind oh, yeah. of a little, uh, kind of a little punk, but he keeps calling Alfred Alfie. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, I don't say getting on my nerves, but I'm like, dude, what the hell is up with you? And, you know, <laughs> you know, he's, he's up here trying to discuss with him over sandwiches that, you know, why is Batman brooding? You know, I don't know what he is, but, uh, you know, so many brilliant, yeah, he, he, he brewed so many brilliant minds wasted on crime, you know, and he's tried to, you know, he's tried to reform them. The only one he's been able to reform is Catwoman, you know, and then he puts it behind bars and it never holds them for long. So that's why he's upset. Well, he's, 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 he's reformed Catwoman from time to time through the books. And this is my favorite version of Catwoman, more of really? like the, the Bronze Age version with yeah. like, you know, with like the dress and the cat of nine tails and stuff. Um, later on, I became like a huge fan of Jim Balance Catwoman because, <sighs> you know, the thigh high leather boots and the, skin tight costume and the whip was just ooh <laughs> dang it <laughs> i do love so they finally get uh the villains are all heading to this windmill outside uh it's about a mile from the prison so they don't go very damn far no um uh, and they get to the windmill so uh they're still in the vicinity, but I guess nobody is looking for them. I don't know. But they get here and they go down and, you know, they're like, oh, it's a, you know, it's a James Bond villain. Uh, we'll meet who it is. Uh, well, you know, good old, good old Jason's there eating his sandwich. So they finally, the villains go down and they finally get there to eat, to meet the, uh, the bad guy. And we discover that he has a plan. And, uh, he doesn't actually say what the plan is to the villain. He tells the villains, but we don't know what the plan is. It's told in between the panels so mm-hmm. that the reader does not know what the hell's going to happen, which is cool because, you know, we, we don't need to know what it is. Hell, we don't even know who the villain is. Now, we do find out in a minute who it is, but right here we don't know. So... Uh, so there we leave George Perez. Now we go to Paris, uh, Paris Collins and Larry, Larry Milestead. So this is, this is Gordon's daughter, right? No, this is Alfred's daughter. This is Julia. Oh yeah, they, yeah. This is Alfred's daughter. This is Alfred's daughter. I don't want to say at, at this time, Alfred's daughter was, was prevalent in the stories and she was actually working for Vicki Vale. Okay. They were working, you know, at the paper together. So, you know, she was working under Vicky. It's been, a, like I said, 70s, 70s, late 80s, or early 80s Batman. It's been a while since I read a bunch of it. Yeah. But uh, Vicky must have made one hell of a salary as a newspaper reporter. Because did you notice she lives in a penthouse with a damn personal gym in it? She is basically the lowest lane of reporters in Gotham. Yeah, I mean, I know that. But, uh, yeah. Photographer, you know. Yeah, she's the she's she's the she was after Lois, so she's the, yeah. she's the not she's the Batman Lois Lane. Yeah. So yeah, so you know, scary. she did the she did the Court and Maltese and stuff. That that place is scary. You not know if you're gonna come back from there. Damn it. So, <laughs> uh, 
uh, Scarecrow here, he he scares uh, Alfred's daughter and kidnaps her ass. Yeah, he's just, he just hanging out like this in the shower. And then, like, boom. she's, like, startled, and he just goes, boom. Yeah. And she faints. And she faints. So she was easy. Now, Bullock. <laughs> Alfred's not going to like that, a lot, of the, now, so okay. a lot of the early issues, Bullock was still a, a, an ass. Yeah. But he's, like, a bumbling good guy here. Mm-hmm. This is well, this is contrary. He, to the he always acted like an ass because he hated the whole vigilante Batman thing, but but eventually came around. Uh, I didn't realize how old Bullock's character was. Oh, dude, he goes back a long time. He's been he's been here since Gordon, since before. Yeah. You know, craziness now, that long. Uh, I knew it was seventies at least. Oh no, he was around in the sixties. Oh damn. Uh, matter of fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. All right, so now we're gonna do trivia time. But yeah, so we we switched to Bullock here, and Poison Ivy, you know, she puts a damn plant there, and his ass goes to looks at it, and it, you know, it does the Spock thing. Only instead of him getting happy, he like passes out. Mm-hmm. And of course, she ties him up, and nope, it was it wasn't uh. It wasn't uh, the 60s. It was the early, it was like early, early to mid 70s. Yeah, uh, I knew first, at least 70s. Yeah, first appearances, Lieutenant Bullock, uh, Detective Comics 441. Holy crap. Wow. That's my, that's the first Detective Comics I bought. I've got it over somewhere oh. like over my shoulder. That's the one where Creeper's kicking Batman into the lion's den at the zoo. That's the first appearance of Bullock. That's the first appearance of Harvey Bullock. Oh my God! Um, as Detective Harvey Bullock, his first appearance is in Batman three sixty one of nineteen eighty three. But that's the that's the, <coughs> the the damn like the uh, beginning of the Killer Croc stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because him and Jason Todd get into it. Because Killer Croc, you know, well they talk about it here later. Killer Croc kills Jason's parents. And uh, on a side note, uh, Bullock was, as Lieutenant Bullock, uh, he was created by Archie Goodwin, the writer, and Howard Chaikin, the artist. As Detective Harley Bullock was created by Doug Mensch and Don Newton. Oh, sweet. Newton is another good artist that could have, should have been here. Yeah, 100, but. So there's a, so. Poison Ivy kidnaps Bullock. Then at Vicky Vale's penthouse, almost at Lois Lane's penthouse, um, she opens the door. Riddle me this. Why did the doorbell refuse to be silent? Oh, because it was a dumbbell. Dude, I do not remember this. I remember the spider guy, but only vaguely. He's <laughs> like knocking on. Re- he hasn't been in very... He's He's like... He's basically like Shazam. Just before his license is about to run out, they have him like pop up like randomly in a Batman book. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> Black Tarantula. Because I had like an early appearance of him and I'm like, who the hell well, is this? <laughs> yeah, I was like, who's this? I go, it's not, you know. And when you go back like years later, you're like, Deadshot has a new costume? No, it's not Deadshot. Yeah, it's not Deadshot. 
It's not Deadshot. It's not, you know, Black Mask or any of these other, like, random guys. It's Black Tarantula. <laughs> um, which, instead of making Will Smith Deadshot, they should have made him Black Tarantula. <laughs> In the damn movie. Yeah, um, that way it would be easy to kill him off, uh, you know, after his slap in the face to Chris Rock. Damn it. Now, I know this is the classic Riddler costume, mm-hmm. but I think I like the new, like the Jim Lee Riddler costume so much better. Yeah. With the trench coat and everything. This is just ugly. But they drew him like, uh, not not like the actor that played uh, the original version of uh, Fest- of Adam, of Mr. Adams in the Adams family. But the the guy here's my Star Trek reference. The guy that was like the half black, half white guy. Yeah. On, a, was... on, on certain sides, and I can't remember John something. Oh, I thought it was Gorsh. Yes, it was. It was Frank Gorsh. Yes. Um. And so they they draw him kind of like him there yeah. with like the receding black widow. Yeah. Widow's peak hairline there. And I'm like, oh, that was cool. And I really liked the way they did the Joker in this because that was the Joker in the 80s. He had like the big purple trench coat and the fedora. Yep. And it was it was like so prominent and like he's being classy, but murderous all at the same time. <laughs> but murderous. <laughs> so they, they capture Vicky Vale and they yep. head off. So it's like, ah, and three. The first steps are completed. The master's plan proceeds. And now we get chapter four uh the tempting this when i was young was the chapter and still to i just read it today people this to me is the standout chapter in the freaking book for the art the next chapter that stands out is the bowling section which is later yeah but so who's who's in creative control of chapter three here this is single uh, Sinkevich. Sinkevich, yeah. Yes. But, I mean, the thing is, is everyone else has been pretty standard. This is how Batman looks. And now he's brooding in the cave. So the, the, the change can be as to his mood. You can kind of, ex- you know, explain it that way. But he looks so different. I mean, Batman doesn't look like this. But he does. Now, um, the way he looks here. Yeah. The, and the way that Sienkiewicz drew him here reminds me a lot of what later became the classic look of the Norm Brayfogel Batman stuff. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. With the, and and the I didn't like. And yeah. I didn't like that look at first. And what got me through that and 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 used to it is I started liking the fact that he was in shadows more and more. Yeah. A po- you know, because he would just like disappear behind Gordon's curtains and be gone. Yeah, just disappear, gone. Yeah, he's just gone. So he's more like got that, got that, use that part of the origin and inspiration of Batman that came from the shadow and yeah. put him put him back there. But a good portion of those stories, whether they were single issues or like two or three parters or whatever, yeah, 
uh, that Breyfogle did, and maybe some of the longer ones that they adapted into trades. Yeah, they're like the, the stories like on them were so good. Yeah. Sometimes you get books that are like you know the artwork is beautiful, you know, like early image stuff. Yeah. But it's like, wah, wah. <laughs> it doesn't hold up, uh, and and it's like terrible writing. Dare I mention Rob Leefield, um, Young Blood, um, you know, a lot of that, a lot of that, a lot of those early things because they both they all had like such pretty looking, pretty but anatomically incorrect, <laughs> yeah, body poses, uh, and I mean, every week, every time a new Leefield book would come in from Image, we would play basically, you know backseat bingo by going through and, and spotting how many different times the pouches were on the legs, off the legs, on the hip, off the hip. And you can see if like you did like X amount of pages and you sent them into the editor or, you know, dropped them off at the offices. And then you went back to finish, you know, doing more pages, you know, after the weekend or whatever, you can understand that. But these would all be on the same page. He didn't draw him twice the same way. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Because the characters looked cool. Like, I can't remember what the guy's name, but the archer in Youngblood was was pretty badass looking. But it was like they all had plots of uh, adult features, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Damn it. So the thing that got me here, I was reading it again. And like I said, read it earlier. The art stands out so much, but. There's some other stuff here. I did not remember this from when I was little. So Batman's there, and here's the screak, and then snapped. So, and then there's like a plug right there on the desk. Something's been thrown across the cave and lands on the desk. And he looks at it. He's like, what the? And all of a sudden, here's Ra's al Ghul. Call it an omen. Ra's al Ghul goes into the damn cave. So he goes to the bat cave, catches a bat in the air, kills it breaks its damn neck, and throws it at Batman. <laughs> yeah, he, he goes all Ozzy Osbourne in the Batcave. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what I did like here is is the fact that the way he the way he drew Raish wasn't, uh, you know, typical with, like, the little chi the Chinese beard strap thing. Yeah. The little two points, the way he looked basically in, like, all the movies and, and cartoons and stuff. Yeah, they they gave him like the full goatee. Yeah, <laughs> and it was like all bushy and coming out. So for like three seconds, I thought about like buying a green and yellow uh, cape and and going to the next Comic Con around here. Is Ra's al Ghul in a wheelchair looking for the Lazarus bit? Damn it! <laughs> if only. Yeah, the the expressionist art though. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He they they had this cool discussion here where you know. Apparently, and I want to go find this issue. He says, you know, you know, but you're dead. Those were not my ashes you saw drifting from the spacecraft when last I died, detective. But I was forced to undergo a process even more remarkable than mere immersion in the Lazarus pit. When the hell was he in space? I don't remember this. <laughs> so, yeah. It was it was probably that storyline that he was he was either going to nuke the planet and start over. <laughs> Or he was going to poison the whole planet because he'd done that before. Uh, the best, the best story. I thought it was a great story. A lot of people didn't like it. Was uh, Contagion? 
Yeah, content from in that that was like Detective Seven Hundred or something or Batman yeah. Seven Hundred. Yeah, like in the late nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and my you know, so my physicians informed me that such additional resurrection brings me closer to the inevitable day when the Lazarus pit shall fail, closer to the one death that sh cannot be reversed. So Batman's like, so you admit you're mortal. Ah, I'm a, I'm mortal, but I'm gonna outlive your ass. <laughs> he said. Now you think that now in the beginning of the book. Yeah. But by the end, you're like. Man, you're making so many bad decisions. I'm going to stop calling Talia the demon said. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> and you, Talia. <laughs> oh. So, yeah. I, of course, I, I uh, he says, uh, you sent me the message, know your foes. He's like, of course. He says, uh, tonight, I've let them all go. They all run free. And then Batman is like, dude, he's like, he's so pissed off right now. Um, and he just, he's imagining them all. That, that's, that's been on some other stuff before. Um, all of them. And the phone finally rings. Here it is. Here's your phone call. <laughs> Answer it. Hours <laughs> later. Yeah. Gordon picks up the phone. Explosions, Batman and Arkham and the state pimp. They've escaped. Joker, Riddler, Penguin, Killer Croc, all of them. God help us, Batman. All of them. Yes, I know casualties i see and then he you know batman hangs it up you know because he you know he's only got a, a you know a, a cord that long on his phone <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah it's true you remember having it attached to the wall yeah back in the day back in the day that's 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 i think why we've declined so much as a civilization yeah. we we don't get that euphoric feeling of slamming the receiver down so hard that you ring the bell like you're doing a strongman challenge with a sledgehammer at the fair. Can you see Batman sitting on? Can you see Batman sitting on the damn ground underneath, <laughs> underneath the phone talking on it for a long time? Oh, so anyway, hard. Selena, um, <laughs> twirling the cord. So he's pissed off. Like total seven guards dead. All of my foes free to prey on Gotham, and you come saying you wish me no harm, dude. I love the pointy feet. <laughs> the pointy feet here on Batman are so freaking awesome. I have no idea why, but they are. Now, yeah. did you see? Um, there was a there was a video that I was sharing the crap out of it. It was kind of like an interview with like another big like podcast that's attached to a store. Like it's that store's podcast and it got like really popular. No, Probably I don't think paid, I they paid for stuff. And and Todd is sitting there and he's telling him, look, most of us can't draw feet. Which is which is why I would always draw Spider-Man running through tall grass. <laughs> I love doing lizard episode so I could put him in the in the marsh where his feet were either underwater or there because none of us like drawing feet no I didn't and see I, that and I commented on it and it blew up everybody was like defending the aforementioned Rob Leefield I go I all I said on it was wow did he just throw Rob Leefield under the bus can't draw feet <laughs> <laughs> and then and then one day Jim Lee drew the bottom of the boot of that man and screwed everybody because now everybody's gonna draw it yeah everybody's gotta draw feet 
I'm like, oh my god. But I mean, look, look at how I mean. We've got the foreshortening, the extreme, like just the line work on that is just as like, this is always the standout section of this book for me. Um, but now reading it again as an adult, I missed all this crap. So <laughs> Roz is here not to let him know I've let all your villains out, but to let him know, hey, I've let all your villains out. And if you come work with me. I'll help you catch them all. And then if you want, we'll kill them all too. <laughs> mm -hmm. And Batman, of course, he's like, no, I, I'm not going to kill them all. You know, I, I won't work with you. I'm not going to take your help, you know, your help or anything. Um, you know, I, and then I'll catch you. And, you know, but then he goes, you know, what if, you know, uh, he says, uh, what if I start with you? And Race tells him, he says, well, you can, but I'm the only one that knows the plan because I gave it to him. <laughs> uh, yeah, you freed every last one of my arch enemies just so you could offer to kill them. Once they are eliminated, your obligation to Gotham would cease, freeing you to join me in the rest of the world. In the past, your sense of duty has prevented you from embracing me. Now, uh, I sweeten the temptation by offering to release you from that duty. <laughs> You're forgetting you may be the worst villain of all. Say, dude, it's rough. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, uh, choose your world and I will simply fade away, leaving you down here uh, in the unwashed evil. What stops me from starting the job right here and now and taking your ugly face in my hands and ripping it off your damn skull? I'm the only man in the world, detective, who knows what your enemies plan to do. Indeed, they are enacting a plan I gave them. Should you fail to stop them, I am the only man in the world who can uh, avenge your death. <laughs> so he's like, oh, they're going to do it no matter what. And if you don't stop me or, you, you know, work with me, if you stop me, then they're just going to do it anyway. Oh, and one last thing, detective. Happy anniversary. I love that he knocks the shit out of the penny <laughs> and strides over it. He changes his mind. He's going to go after race. And then he changes his mind and turns and goes to the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, dude, that part, that to me is just the most awesome part. Now we go Art Adams. Art Adams did a huge run of Batman and Detective back in the day at this time. Oh, yeah. And they were awesome ass books. Oh yeah. And I know they're early for him, but dude, mm -hmm. this they were awesome. Well, like in the early 70s, the thing that I loved most about it, and I don't I can't remember what artist came up with it because Robin had Dick Grayson Robin had left it. He was in college. Yeah. So we would get some pretty cool preteen Titans like Robin story backups. Yeah. You know, dealing with social issues on campuses and yeah, you know. when he was in college. And uh, I remember a paro drawing him driving not as much a Batmobile, but it was. It was basically like a dark blue or black with blue highlights, friggin' roofless Lamborghini with a roll bar in the back. I have to hunt those down. I know I probably got them. It's like early 70s, and I'm like, 
and at that time, you know, I was I was just little. I was like, why doesn't it look the Batmobile on TV? But it's pretty neat. <laughs> Clark, nobody says neat anymore. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> so now we find out. Robin finds out that Batman tells him Ra's al Ghul has freed all of my enemies, and we've got to go out and stop them. And we're going to go to uh, find the Riddler. I do love this. After ten minutes, uh, after a ten-minute briefing at seventy-five miles per hour, boy, that's back in the day. That was that was cruising right there, baby. Seventy-five miles an hour. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they head to the that's belly of that, the. That, that's well, when our cars used to be made out of steel. <laughs> yeah. So we, we we could like drive through a forest of redwoods and just chop them down as we went. It didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, seventy-five miles an hour now would get his ass run over in downtown Atlanta, <laughs> belly of the whale. Uh, yeah, you know this is a trap. I know it's a trap, Robin. That's why I'm going in. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, back at the, back at the manor, uh, there's an intruder at Wade Manor. It's in the pantry. Alfred goes to check on it and it's Killer Croc. <laughs> Who, I you thought. you're having a bad day when your, when your butler shits his pants. <laughs> yeah. He picks him up and like, I guess chloroforms his ass out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and he's just like, I don't understand why the hell, you know, you're important to Batman, but I'm just following orders. I want to see where it goes. And, of course, here comes uh, Batman, rushes in, and, of course, there's the Riddler, which we knew he would be there, and uh, Catman, yep. Scarecrow, mm-hmm. Black Spider, I guess was his name. Black Tarantula, yeah. Black Tarantula and uh, Poison Ivy. Black Tarantula made me think that there was a DC crossover because there was the, the other, there was the other tarantula, but just plain tarantula in the, on the cover of the first issue of spectacular Spider-Man back in the seventies. Yeah. The red, the other tarantula. Yeah. The yeah. red tarantula, regular one. Um, so they all start like shooting poison darts at Batman. And of course, Batman and Robin are moving around fighting and everything. Now, have you read the issue Robin's talking about here? When Scarecrow runs at him and he goes, oh, it's you again, Scarecrow. Um, then I guess you have learned from the first time I tangled. I'm too old for the boogeyman unless I choose to fall. This is from that. There's a Halloween issue of Batman mm-hmm. where Scarecrow is after them all. And they have to stop him. And it's this really famous scene where Batman cold cocks Scarecrow, but him and Robin get into it real bad in the issue. Um, it's like one of the first first villains that Jason fights. <laughs> Dude, he beats the shit out of Catman. Um I hate cats. Wildcat should just show up and beat the hell out of Catman. Yeah. <laughs> but now they've they've like upped him. To like a, a whole new level. They they did uh back when like all the heroes disappeared. Yeah. And that way too long story arc when they brought the uh the the bad versions from Earth whatever over like Ultraman and all those characters. Yeah. 
they did a, a six issue miniseries that was fantastic. And Catman was in, it was called Villains United. Oh, I didn't read that. It's, it's a really good read. Okay. I'll have to look it up then. So they, uh, Robin and Batman finally take them all out and Riddler's like, you know, Hey, um, you know, enough, you've made your point. You may, you'll have this round, but, uh, we'll still answer the next bell. Like hell you will hear me out. If black spider and Catwoman are down for the count, you can have them. But before you try to put the rest of us away, there's something you should know. Our associates are holding three hostages in a location you'll never find. And right about now, a fourth captive should be arriving there and cut there in the custody of Killer Croc. And of course, it shows Robin stiffens because mm -hmm. Croc killed his parents. Yeah. What hostages? Don't pretend. Uh, I don't pretend to know why, Raz al Ghul. All four of them are important to you. Their names. And this is Harvey Bullock, Vicki Vale, Julia, and Alfred Pennyworth. Get out. All three of you. Now. And Batman looks down. You know, his whole face is in darkness. Yeah. It just, it's its overwhelming. Um, and, of course, they leave. And Catwoman has been kind of trailing them. And mm -hmm. she's like, you know, hey, look, you know, I'm not into crime anymore, but I can do some crime fighting on my own. So she follows them when she sees them leave. And Batman has a mental breakdown here. <laughs> mm -hmm. He has a breakdown. He's on his damn knees. And Robin's like, get up. We got to do something. Uh, but we leave them there. And now we find out the Joker's actually doing his part of the deal. Where they go and they've got this damn sixties, sixties or 50s, sixties shit. It's a big giant net. They're going to drop over all the police headquarters and electrify it. <laughs> this so is something right out of a TV show. Yeah, exactly, dude. It's Where does terrible. he buy big giant Joker faces of himself to put on his vehicles? That's what I want. Yeah, that and then, like I said, dude, this net. Nobody has a net like this. I, the damn net would weigh so much the helicopter couldn't take off. <laughs> oh, uh, I do remember Mad Hatter always having his his uh, mind powers, uh, control of that. He actually, I guess, this guy he made him a, a contraption. Actually, knocked the damn police, you know, police guards out, or prison guards, police guards, whatever you want to call it. He knocks them out. The roof portion of the bar netting had better be well insulated, Joker, because if it's not, we just electrified ourselves. And he puts, he puts like duct tape over the dam, uh, or, you know, he paints a big X over the bat signal. <laughs> and somehow that shows up. Look, I, I tried so many times to make a bat signal that would work. Yeah. None of them work. No, it's like 20 miles away too. Yeah. This was, this was, our artist was Tom Sutton and Ricardo Villagran. Uh, so Batman yeah, is Bill, still. Billigren worked on a lot of Vertigo stuff in the, in the day. Did he? Yeah. Well, he had to be better then. Um, this has got good. This this section has got. It's got some good panels, but overall, it's very uneven. Yeah. I was not. So, um, 
while Batman's in the cave, Gordon actually calls and lets him know what the hell's going on. And the plan is, you know, the demands, you rescue Gordon and the cops. If you fail to do it within three hours, I'll start killing them one by one at five minute increments. Um, and Batman's just like, it's over. Of course, here's where we get the cool part. Penguin is pissed off. What about the money? Uh, Raz al Ghul insists that Batman would have a way of coming up with it. You're supposed to demand $10 million. Don't you see, Penguin? It's only because Raz thinks that's what I want. But money's easy to get while we while the thrill for me has always been the game itself, going up against bats. He doesn't care about the money. No. He just wants to fight Batman. That's yeah, literally he's insane. Yeah. But now the rest of the people are pissed off because they're like, no, dude, I, I we wanted the damn money. That's the only reason we're doing this. Yeah, you're gonna screw it up for the rest of us. We're all supposed to get like 10 mil a piece. Or something, yeah. Yeah. Um, but now we're gonna get nothing. Because you didn't even say anything about it. Um, so Batman is just like freaking out. He's so upset. And then here comes Talia. You know, mm -hmm. oh, it's too late for your help. No, don't you see? He's really trying to win you over to his side. Uh, and he's not even trying to use the Joker and the other surrogates to defeat you. He's trying to destroy you as a man and shatter your, your spirit once and for all. Simply so he can smile and shirk. You know, you're here to help me, um, Talia. The death. Uh, uh, to the death, a better end than quitting. But why do you want to help? Be is it because you love me? Yes. Yeah, that's why. And she she's breaking with her dad at this point. Yeah. Yes, beloved. Yes. <laughs> now, this is kind of cool. We do find out here that Roz was not saying smart enough because he's a super genius. Um, he put little micro cameras on all the buttons and stuff for all the villains. And yep. they're monitoring what the hell's going on. So he knows how the plan's proceeding. Uh, yeah. He's just sitting back with a with a with a with a creepy adult beverage and uh watching <laughs> his own personal pay-per-view. Yeah, his creepy adult beverage. Summon my physicians that we may discuss the possibility of it going wrong. <laughs> um dude. Uh this is by Steve LaHoya and uh, he does the art and pencils here. This is a little weird, but it seems like uh, Poison Ivy was like coming all along to Harvey Bullock. A small itch scratched. Yeah. Think uh, of that what you will. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you free me, you'll show me. You mean untie you? And what would you do with your hands if they were somehow freed? Would you grab me roughly, Sergeant Bullock, and force me sub to submit to arrest? <laughs> something so, like that yeah she's like <laughs> like teasing him and all kind of stuff while there's broken pottery shards as he's sweating because you know good lord this woman's all on me uh he finally gets himself cut he cuts himself free he heads at her but she you know knocks his ass out uh, but when she does catwoman and manages to show up <laughs> she wants it Steve was the, she wants it. I guess <laughs> this is before her and her and Harley hook up. But yeah. I mean, she turns around, bends over and all you hear is feed me Seymour. Oh my God. <laughs> Damn it. Not safe for work. Not safe for work. Not safe for work. Uh, so yeah, Catwoman shows in to try and save Harvey. And uh, 
damn scarecrow just shows up, knocks the hell out of her. Mm -hmm. So now they've got all of them. The big sickening. All right. Joe Kubert does the art here. Andy Kubert is the letterer. And uh, this is good, but I do not think that Kubert is the best Batman artist. No. No. But this I mean, this was a this was a learning experience for very young Andy Andrew at the time, who was probably in middle school in '86. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, uh, but I mean, it, it, and what we we did he did the Warlord issue, didn't he? Mm -hmm. We read like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. It was great. Yeah, like three four weeks ago. Yeah, he yeah. did the uh, he did the art on the Warlord issue, which was you know fantastic, and that that was you know in this same time period. Yeah. So here's uh here's Batman showing up. He shows up to Billy the Whale. I do love how he fat Bell, shames belly of the whale. Belly of the whale. Yeah, he fat shames uh our man here, Stick. You, know, you need a wrong? new name. Yeah, you need a new name. You, you put, put a few pounds on. <laughs> yeah. Dad, thanks a whole lot, asshole. You used to be skinny and in shape. Hey, Ron's a shape. <laughs> right, that, exactly. That's 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 my Bart Simpson tagline there. What rounds of shape? I said that to uh, I said that in a, in a post from Graham Nolan on X today too. Oh God! He's like, eat healthy, exercise, live your best life. And I'm like, hey, rounds of shape. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Just so like shaking his head. Batman shows up and beats the hell out of uh, out of all these patrons in this bar, where we find out that our man Stick, who's put on a few pounds, is selling dope. <laughs> and uh, he gets beaten with a damn oar, and finally Batman's like, you know, come on, spill the beans. Uh, and he tell, you know, he's talking to him. He breaks all of his damn shot glasses, but one that he uses as a magnifying glass to try and figure out where this dirt that he saw. And I couldn't figure out how the hell the dirt ended up here. Uh, where the dirt come from? Because he saw it come off poison ivy's feet. So he's like, ah, oh, now I know where it is. And he heads off. Uh, now we're next chapter, chapter nine. This is, uh, who was our artist here? Oh, Ken, St Ken Stacy. So Batman heads to the greenhouse because he knows Poison Ivy's not going to be at the other place because that, that's the last time he fought her. She was there. Um, he rushes in, frees Catwoman, and then they head off to go check on the other ones because they're eating. And they're like, fast food's treatment of vegetables is, a crimi is, is criminal. That reminds me of a riddle. What did the pickle say to the... As, bat, as a Catwoman's cat of nine tails there, whips that damn uh, Big Mac into three pieces. <laughs> you know what's criminal? Fast food is criminal. Exactly. Of course, they get into a huge fight. And... The damn killer croc tries to bake Batman's back. He yeah. literally picks him up and he's beating the hell out of him. But uh good old Batman in his bat utility belt right beside the aspirin, he pulls out a damn capsule and knocks his ass out. But somehow it knocks out Croc, but not him. Yeah. It's because he had took the bat antidote before he took the bat aspirin. Oh, that's right. Yeah. All right. He's, he's, he's got some cracked ribs. Call an ambulance for Alfred Pennyworth and the others. Meet me at the field beyond the orchards. It's big enough for a landing. 
Yeah, to get some bat wings. And now they head off. This is Leonardi. Leonardi did a lot of the uh, Supergirl issues back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, he was always pretty good. So they do lay a poor killer moth, dude. His dumb ass fires at a dummy and turns around. He's like, oh, this isn't Batman. It's a dummy. Well, where's the real Batman? Kicking the hell out of you when he shows right there, dumb butt. <laughs> that, that scene right there when he realizes it's just, you know, a stuffed bat suit. Yeah. Last night on Tubi, I was watching The Raven with Vincent Price. Oh, okay. At the end, they had the wizard duel, and he thought he the 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 bad the the evil magician uh, <coughs> played by another infamous horror guy from back in the day. Yeah. Uh, lunged like this giant spear. Yeah. Uh, through him, and he thought he killed him, and he went up there, and as he opened it up. It's all stuffing like this. Vincent Price is actually on the chair floating above him. Batman 66 reference. Throwing eggs at the guy's head. <laughs> they just... Dang it. Okay, back to our regular scheduled program. But So Batman shows up, kicks the hell out of uh, Killer Moth, and now Ra's al Ghul realizes he's actually going to catch all of these guys and save the people in the freaking prison so yeah. thus it must be done for that which we all uh was missed was, was a prelude but but it may kill you master better to flee to fight another day uh suggest so again and i shall kill you now prepare it <laughs> so batman manages uh they all manage to head in after batman short circuits the damn helicopter and cuts the power off to the damn uh, the cage that's over police headquarters. So Tali and Robin make it in where they just start, you know, attacking the rest of them themselves. Um, what's cool here is the damn Joker actually turns on Mad Hatter and freaking Penguin and gasses their ass. But it's just regular laughing gas. He doesn't kill them. Um, Where is it at? Oh, yeah. Come on, Talia. Uh, me help you. This is rich. Don't you don't you realize that this master plan is Joker? Do you really think he's freed you out of the goodness of his heart? He wants to eliminate the competition and see you all dead. This and this his entire scheme of way of doing it without even getting his own hands dirty, turning you against one another. And when the Joker hears that, he just gets pissed off. The Joker went up to the roof. Yep. Uh, kind of, you know. He's going to give up a little bit. Kind he of stole my balloons! Yep. And Batman <laughs> knocks his ass out. Uh, as ever, the master was correct. Even the Joker has fallen. And so our Lord must immerse himself. We did it, Batman. So did you. It's just the beginning. The archdemons have all fallen, but now it's the devil itself. Catwoman, the nearest landing strip is the warehouse. Uh, is the wharf. Pick us up there. We're going straight to hell. And last, the Brian Boland story. Under the, the wind. The Boland and the Sinkevich are the best two stories in this book. Um, so here. Where, where Roz strips down and he's just got his cod piece on. Now, 
I, the Lazarus pits are, there's only like seven or eight of them in the world. Yeah. And little by little over the course of, of this character, um, they've been destroyed little by little. Yes. But now here's the thing is I thought they were always far away. This is like damn near in the middle of Gotham city. Mm -hmm. You would have thought Batman would have found this one. It just happens to be in a damn cave underneath the windmill. A freaking mile from the damn penitentiary. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, all right, Raz. This is what will our, uh, for what you did to Arkham in the state prison. <laughs> he blows a hole in the windmill and heads in. Uh, dude, that art is freaking amazing. Mm -hmm. I wish Boland did so much more inside world. I mean, I, I know his covers are amazing and his interior work is so good. We need to read a couple Bolin Judge Dredd stories. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've read them, but I mean, I can go back and read them. Judge uh, Judge Death and Judge Judge Child Quest. Oh, my God, he's so good. And Tyler I just watched Gibson. the Carl Urban Judge Dredd uh, like that two nights ago. freaking rocks. Yeah. When he throws that damn dude off the damn balcony. Mm -hmm. <laughs> After he hit us. After you hit a puff of slow-mo. Yeah. Uh, Talia, the master's daughter, she fights on the side of his greatest enemy. And, of course, there, bubbling is, you know, in the Lazarus pit. And then here comes Ra's al Ghul. I am here, detective, and I have been reborn without dying. Thanks to you, demon, so have I, perhaps so, detective. But unlike me, you have been reborn in spirit. This part always sticks in my head from when I read it because of the the fight. I mean, mm. some of the scenes are so good. I mean, this, like, the first, this little part's cool, but the part here where his damn hand is broke and he brings his hand down on Batman's head and breaks his freaking arm. He breaks his arm at the damn elbow and yep. damn near knocks Batman's ass out. Yeah. Uh, as they're fighting. Yeah. What the? An earthquake. The windmill must be on a fault. And the explosion triggered it. Made the deaths I've, uh, many are the deaths I've known, detective, but all were natural ones and no more so exhilarating than this. It is a sensation I insist you must accept, uh, must share. Join me. He's going to push Batman in the Lazarus pit. But nope, he manages to duck and throw his ass back in the Lazarus pit. And then, of course, it's bubbling and he he goes down and the Batman hauls ass. Mm -hmm. um, he catches up with Catwoman and Talia. And this is a, that was a classic pose because this back one, then he, Bruce actually had to fight people. It wasn't like, you know, in modern times they've turned, they've literally turned Batman into one punch man. Yeah. Like nobody can lay a hand on him or anything here. He's already got like three cracked or broken ribs. Yes. And he just uses, Rod's insane momentum against himself to to throw him in the damn water. The, yeah, just the like damn Lazarus pit. Yep, just kind of like a push and, and swing back and throw him head first into the pit, which is doing him no good because you're supposed to only use that when you die. When you die, yeah, yeah. And of course, they haul ass run. It's gonna swallow the windmill hole. And that intense look on Jason's face, dude. There's. Not many people can get this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, a safe distance away, they watch it as it goes down. She leaves even as she tremors, uh, 
as the tremor subserved back to back to hell bearing her father home i'm already sorry enough for the world <laughs> epilogue so robin decides to blindfold all of the kidnap victims and gordon and take including them to the including alfred yeah so, so he could play along with the others yeah play along to the bat cave for an anniversary birthday dinner or whatever of Batman. And, you know, I guess they put 157 candles on the cake because there's so many you can't count them in the picture. Holy cripes, we're in the Bat Cave. <laughs> and, you know, here comes Batman. Happy anniversary. Looking like death warmed over. <laughs> <laughs> the aftershock from the quake. Giant stalactite falls in there. A single candle to mark the first night of a new beginning. He's all being like depressing. And leaves, and he goes off to brood. Jason's like party pooper. Yeah. And then he picks up a piece of the cake after the damn stalagmite messed it up. Mm -hmm. He eats it while the Batman broods above. And then we get our final page with the, you know, Batman standing there and all the bats flying in there. Yeah, you have uh, Nocturna's former hitman, uh, the original Clayface, Mr. Freeze, uh, the uh, the twins there uh, from Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, Tweedledee and Tweedledum, Two Face, Black Mask, Doctor Phosphorus, and a couple other that I just don't remember right off the top. Yeah, I can't remember them all myself. Um, but hello again, beware forever. All right, and now the other ten artists who we haven't seen. Uh, this is Grell. That's an awesome. I've seen that one's been used a couple times. Yeah. Kaluda. Going into hell. Dude, that's awesome. Uh, Wrightston, that's been used a million times. Bernie Wrightston, yeah. This one's been used a lot. This is the dude, Steve Rude. Um, they made this into a poster back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's the last part of the Why I Chose Batman story. Um, it's a good 400 issue. Um it's a pretty good story. Some of it, reading it later than after it come out, you know, as an adult, you see some of the holes in the plot and that kind yeah. of stuff. Like, the, like the no telephone call earlier. Yeah, the no telephone call earlier. The uh, the art's pretty good overall. I still don't understand why, like I said, I don't understand why uh, Aparo wasn't in this book. Yeah. And I don't understand why marshall rogers was not in this book yeah they could have made it two pages longer and at least had them do like a pinup for it or something i mean something i mean yeah. they were so important to batman at this time mm -hmm. but it's a great book yeah, uh, i've got that two-part like very sought after marshall rogers uh two-part story there with the, the laughing fish the laughing fish yeah yeah um but uh yes it's a it was a great book um, like I said, there are parts that did stand out more to me. I just, I remember the Sienkiewicz part from when I was little. That was just such a good part. Um, oh, you disappeared for a minute. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I meant to do that to, uh, oh, okay. to bring that up. I've got a couple of other Batman things and a little bit of uh, comic book news, too. Oh, Lord. So, first, I'm going to bring up... Uh, that one back to where am I? Here I am. Oh, share screen. Good lord. 
This is uh, a clip from Ethan Van, Van Scriver talking about how boys and girls interact with characters, you know, during, during like playtime. Whoops. Batman. That's how boys fantasize. That's how boys play. Meanwhile, the little girls pick up Batman and Batman becomes. I'm trying to get this thing to go back, but it's like on a short form video. It's them. They project themselves onto Batman and suddenly Batman is acting like they are. So now imagine you're a creative person who's writing Batman. Uh, now, men. Just go, okay, well, I'm going to write Batman as I know Batman. He's going to be Batman. He's not going to be me. I don't want to put myself into Batman. He's going to be Batman. I'm going to do the best Batman story I can do. These ladies, Batman starts getting sassy. <laughs> they start to write Batman with more of their own traits. And soon, before you know it, these characters are unrecognizable. They're sitting around having coffee and bars and having chit-chat. And I'm not saying all of them. There are some ladies who are great. And the Senti, shout out. Louise Simonson, great writers, but many of them are just, you know, projecting themselves onto these characters, and maybe it's because they really just don't care that much. Boys pick up Batman, pick up a little Batman figurine, and they become Batman. That's how boys fantasize. That's how boys play. Meanwhile, the little girls pick up Batman, and Batman becomes them. And the, the longer form of that was uh, he was talking about they got like a thousand kids together, like 500 boys and 500 girls. Uh, and they went to a Lego test center where they put like a Batman Lego set in front of, in front of all, the, all the kids to see how, you know, boys and girls interacted. Um, the majority of the girls didn't give a crap about the Legos. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the, the ones that did were like he said, you know, doing a lot of, you know, projecting themselves and uh, most of the boys, like we would all become Batman. Hell, every year for Halloween, I dressed up as Batman. Yeah. But uh, always be yourself unless you can be Batman. Exactly. Why? Well, because one, you're a superhero. Two, you're a rich superhero. <laughs> and you've always got the coolest car. Um, the other one that I'm not going to bring up, uh, bring up the article but uh, an old writer that we are familiar with from a lot of his indie work over like the last couple of years, Bill Wilmingham. Yeah. Has basically shocked the world. Yeah. And. Given fables away. Yep. So anybody can just grab anything from that book over like the last what, 10, 12 years? Dude, no, it's longer than that. It's like, like 20. 20-year 20 run on that book? Yeah. I remember what it started, but, you know, we are kind of old. Yeah, I mean, and it, we're talking crap that won Eisner's. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it, it's, it, it, I mean, it's gone. DC must be human. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't even know. Um, I'm wondering because <coughs> he put it out there for public domain. Does that mean anybody can just get digital copies of that and print their own fables omnibuses? 
Oh, no, I'm not sure on that one. Yeah. Uh, the other I have, thing, uh, I have some of the Vertigo uh, deluxe editions of Fables. Mm -hmm. I read it for a while. It was good, and then like the story arc started kind of. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. it's it, anything you start, and I'm, I'm, it doesn't matter who you are. It's going to start yeah. teeter after a while. Now this next thing got me all sorts of pissed off. Oh, Jesus. One, I know he's the craziest creator on the planet still drawing breath. But I had always been a fan of Alan Moore. Yeah. Until this. Oh, my God. Come on now. Now, I'll still... It doesn't mean I'm going to take my Watchmen stuff and, you know... All, all these other indie books that he did and all this other stuff and just, you know, throw it in the trash or land it on fire or anything. But I thought this was, you know, even for a crazy statement from Alan Moore, I thought this was disgusting. Um, this is from Bounding Into Comics. Watchmen creator Alan Moore criticizes Frank Miller's work as sub-fascist says his betrayal of Batman as a one-man hero in The Dark Knight Returns was a bit too birth of a nation for him. Do you know what birth of a nation is? Yes. Um, do you disagree with Alan Moore, or do you agree with him on this? No, I mean... You can see a little bit of what he's saying there, but yet it is not. There's no way you can compare that to Birth of a Nation. I mean, and the whole thing is, is I mean, Batman would do it. That's like if you read, oh my God, you read um, Kingdom Come. When we read Kingdom Come, you remember the mm -hmm. part where in the future, Batman's made Gotham safe by making it a freaking police state. And he's got the yeah. bat robots that swoop in on everybody. Mm -hmm. But no, I mean, Dark Knight Returns is not that. Uh, if anything, it's the opposite because he defeated the mutant leader and basically turned all those gang members into he, good guys. And, did, and yeah, he tried to turn them into good guys. They all went around with the bat. On, they put the bat on their head. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they did the makeup for that. Uh, and an opinion that comes as little surprise given to his uh, to Alan's political rhetoric in recent years, noted comic book writer Alan Moore has revealed that he considers fellow creator Frank Miller's body of work to be sub-fascist for his liking, particularly when it comes to his portrayal of Batman and his seminal work, Dark Knight Returns. Uh, the Watchmen and Tom Strong creator shared his thoughts on Miller during an interview given to UK-based news outlet The Telegraph. Uh, speaking to the Telegraph, Jake Ketteridge, in promotion of his short story collection, Illuminations, recently uh, recent paperback reprinting, Moore opened up about his liberal beliefs, uh, beginning with a reflection on the fact that his value system was formed in the boroughs, an English neighborhood, which he describes as the most impoverished area of Northampton, England. Now I know this because I've got the uh, his his fake biography. 
Uh, he basically went through a big interview with the guy, with the author that wrote it. But I've had it for years. I've read like half of it. Yeah. And I thought it was very interesting. Although it was, there was yes. an astonishing sense of community. Nobody would rob anyone else because nobody had anything, he recalled. Because, you know, this was like, you know, during the the years of the depressions so well no it's this is i mean he's he's not that old so we're talking 50s this is after world war ii though yeah but you know nobody was really rich you know in the in the 60s or 70s not like today but seeing this has also got to be a you'd have to look at this too moore's british and yeah. miller is miller's american right yeah yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. So, I mean, they're they're going to come from they're coming from two completely different backgrounds. Oh, 100 I mean, we're yeah. a separate we're we're separate people, you know, uh, in, or whatever. What is that old saying? We're separate people done by a separate language or something. I can't remember. Damn it. I'm getting old. Yeah, they're coming from different backgrounds completely. Yeah. I mean, Dark Knight Returns had, you know, had a rise that, you know, you could see it come out of the damn, I mean, Dirty Harry led to Dark Knight Returns and so mm -hmm. much else. And, you know, we were talking, you know, strong on crime. Yeah, don't get us banned. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. <laughs> Let's yeah. get that off the screen. We'll go right to the, we'll go right to Batfleck. Yeah, Batfleck. <laughs> um, I'd have to read some more of that. I mean, I, and it could be, I don't want to be ugly too. It could be more just got, you know, jiving for more publicity. What's he got? He's trying to bring drum up books on sales on his books, fixing to be published. I don't uh, know. It, it was a book of his short stories uh, that just recently got reprinted like in paperback. Yeah. I've never um, read any of his actual prose, just his comic work. Oh, uh, what did we say? Um, more then noted that in this way, he felt himself the ideological opposite of the aforementioned Frank Miller. Well, because you're both from two different worlds. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're they're completely different people. But that kind of triggered me. <laughs> Dang it. I was like, Until you have, have a damn snicker and smile or something. <laughs> Ow. Uh, my jaw keeps cracking my ear. All right. So being that you made us read that one, um, and it was a long one, for next week, you ready? Let me see. I'll show you this. Because I thought about it after we read it. There you go. Have you read that one? Yep. And it's very similar. It's got the whole uh, multiple 50-year anniversary Detective 527 Batman meets Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes. Holmes. And it's got all the stories in it. I love that freaking book. Yet again, I don't know where my copy is. So it's... <laughs> Send it over to me. Apparently, I will be reading another long-ass bat book next week. <laughs> Dude, they came out at the same time, though. 
that's what when you when you had to read that one, I was like, oh my god, really? It come out in. Let me see what year it is. I just had it on here. Oh, oh crap! My computer just changed. It's ten o'clock. Every night. Yeah, ten o'clock. Yeah, March of eighty-seven. So one year after eighty-six. Mm -hmm. Yep. But yeah, I'll send it over, and then uh, and I do. Uh, I open next Thursday, so we might be back at a regular time. Okie dokie. All right. Sounds like a plan. Go read some comics, people. Yeah, really. Where's where's my thinking? Where, where there it is. So many buttons to press. <laughs> Old people. Drugs time. Come on, take your drugs.